0: Hey, hello everybody. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast. (laughs) Um, Leo isn't here because he's moved on to better shores. We wish him all the best. And Philip isn't here either because he took over for him. But today it's a family thing, so you're going to have to do with Selena and me. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Um, We have a wonderful guest today and we're very, very happy about that. Um, Welcome back to the universe. It's great to have you here. Um, How are you feeling? Thank you.
1: I'm feeling great. I love being here. I'm so happy to be back. I'm Tara Skirtu.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm Tara Skirtu, and I'm happy. That's perfect. We should use that as a tagline for something. So, So you almost got lost out in the cold. I'm very sorry about this. Well, we
1: have this um, ritual now. Where yes. every time I meet you guys, uh, the Uber or Bolt driver drops me off outside the maze of the university and we are always at opposite ends and it's like a choose-your-own-ending but with a destination. Mm. And eventually we find each other.
0: True. Eventually. <laughs> I'm sure that's an analogy for something.
1: But then you give me coffee and, again, I'm really happy.
0: <laughs> so we know for next time we're going to prepare a whole pot of coffee. <laughs> and it uh, just, Yeah um what have you been up to since last year just a very brief overview of your life what has been happening what
1: have i been up to since last year i changed everything in my life
0: oh only that (laughs) nothing okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) um since i i think when i saw you last i had just recently gotten my rights back to my poetry book the amoeba game from Mm -hmm. Eyewear publishing since then by the way uh Writers, one by one, are getting their rights back from that press. And I'm so proud and happy every time I see this happening. And we are actually going to give a reading at this writers' conference next week in San Antonio. And instead of being called I wear, it's I (laughs) worn. Oh my God. (laughs) So I've been um, dealing with my out of print baby book, and I am living alone in Bucharest and changed my career and left my marriage and I've literally changed every single thing in my life and everything is getting better
0: wow and okay
1: and I'm working on a new book
0: wow. you also have a new haircut I think I have a new I told you I changed <laughs> <laughs>
1: everything I have a pixie cut
0: it looks very good our listeners can see it but I swear thank you uh, wow okay yeah I think it's been pretty much exactly a year since we've last seen you so it's incredible yeah. to think how much can happen in one year well done (laughs) yeah it's wow okay what have we been up to what have we been doing oh god a lot yeah Uh, we we all we published a book we did we uh brought out an audio play yes uh we did not divorce our husbands mainly due to the fact that we didn't have any it's Sometimes never the all. intended outcome yeah <laughs> 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 I mean, like, I guess. <laughs> unless you're one of those you know black widows who wants to it's just infinitely. for the not me although i do wear a lot of black mm. Mm. feel that um yeah what else have we done we actually have a list uh we have a list we have a list mm, wow um we we had a lot of meetings just regular old weekly yes. meetings Uh, We had a poetry picnic. A poetry picnic? Yeah. Yeah, You should come to one of those. I would love to. I will teleport as soon as we figure it out. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) We're going to wait with coffee. Okay. (laughs) Um, And uh, we had a lot of structural changes. Oh, yes. Yeah, new committee members. We changed our constitution. All the bureaucracy stuff has been happening. And yeah, yeah, we are now having you back here it's a different room this time it's still the same university and you're gonna do a reading for us today which we're very much looking forward to Mm, me too um should we actually start with the reading maybe or should we move for you know towards your just interviewee bits first and then do? let's talk and hang out perfect (laughs) (laughs) sounds great okay so um twitter you very active on twitter? I am. It
1: sucks up a lot of my life.
0: <laughs> but I like it. I mean,
1: you know, I'm an American writer living in Bucharest and I don't see a lot of the writing community and a lot of my friends and it really keeps me connected with uh, the international writing community and it's a it's really great and really supportive. Um, you can share writer's work. You can. I, I learn about new poems all the time. Uh, I make friends. It, it, it's incredible. So I'm on Twitter a lot.
2: <laughs> I think social media is, like, even in the age of social media where everybody goes, like, social media is crazy and going on, it's still sometimes surprising how big it is and mm-hmm. how many connections you can forge mm. across things like that.
1: Yeah. And how you can find things out. In December, I was in Florida and I pulled out of a friend's driveway and I had a friend sitting in the passenger seat and I looked up, it was about seven thirty at night, maybe almost eight. And I saw this line of fire in the sky and we both saw it. <laughs> we stopped the car and I said, what is that? And we'd never seen anything like it. And growing up in Florida, you see space shuttles, When they launch. But this looked like like nothing I had ever seen. And so what did I do? Of course, as soon as I got to my destination. Oh, and by the way, this line of fire moved very slowly. Then all of a sudden just fizzled out. And then returned as a little light bluish white dot that looked like it was just orbiting. What did I do? I went to Twitter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Of course you went to Twitter.
1: It was Elon Musk.
0: What? he had launched some kind of rocket that night and oh, I saw God. it and I found out what it was on Twitter So <laughs> it was an alien <laughs> <but>. it was <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah no Twitter is yeah. fantastic actually that poem that you shared with us last year um, when you did the workshop the um the committee weighs in
1: andrea cohen's poem it's it's i think i think it's my favorite poem in the whole world
0: i've kept reusing that over and over there were so many moments where people were like tell us a poem that really hits and i was just like i i know the one i know the perfect Mm -hmm. ones i'm so glad that you told us that because it's just it stayed with me it's so fantastic it's an amazing
1: Mm -hmm. little poem can i say it here
0: yes so the
1: listeners can hear and then also we can talk about what poetry does to brains (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah let's do it
1: This is an Andrea Cohen poem, and it's called The Committee Weighs In. I tell my mother I've won the Nobel Prize. Again, she says, which discipline this time? It's a little game we play. I pretend I'm somebody. She pretends she isn't dead.
0: Boom. It's so good. It's amazing
1: because when you read it to people, I, I always... I have this in my head of of course, and when I when I meet people who say I don't like poetry, I don't get poetry, I don't feel poetry. I always read them or speak that poem because they feel it. And in less than yeah. thirty seconds, first of all, you think this is, this is kind of funny. Of course, who wins the Nobel Prize in more than once and in different disciplines? And then all of a sudden, as soon as you think it's playful, boom! And she does it with just it's so simple. There's no gimmick. It's simple, specific. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. And so you feel all these things. And to me, that's what a good poem does in a surprising way. It ends up uh, arriving at a surprising place.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it really just pulls the carpet out from under you. I was in a a, um, poetry meeting a couple of weeks back, and people were sharing their favorite poetry. And nobody wanted to start. Everybody was awkward. And so I started with that and, oh, wonderful. Yeah. I love that. And everybody that. in the room was immediately like, you know, before that people were like, oh, poetry, but silly. Why are we here? Mm-hmm. And after that, the mood was just immediately changed. Yeah, we was like, this is something. We're yeah. getting at mm-hmm. something.
1: And you can see what happens in people's brains when they listen to that poem, when you look at their eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you read it to a room of people, I love reading it when I teach because I'm watching and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it did it. It worked.
0: So would you oh, say I'm, Andrea Cohen is one of your favorite
1: Yes, Yeah, she's one of my absolute favorite poets I think she's brilliant And she's also a really incredibly kind human And when someone produces wonderful work And is a wonderful human This is the best possible combination Mm -hmm. Andrea is uh, brilliant at very short poems A lot of her lines are very short And I've said before that her poems remind me of these little powerful pa- uh, prayers on a grain of rice. They're, they're just packed, and you, you never know what's going to be inside of one of them. And they're so simple. The language is everyday, conversational, and then you just are in that silent place of feeling in maybe a sentence.
2: Can we please use the line? The Silent Place of Feeling. Oh, my God.
0: So good. <laughs> Our next anthology, anthology is yeah. Silence. I like yeah, well, it. You know
2: that.
1: You? I already forgot what I said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, I'm writing this down right Write now. it down <laughs> because
1: that's the thing. You know... You, uh, Every time you think you're going to remember something, you don't. I was talking about That's writing that. an essay the other day with a friend on the phone, and I, I said something about how I w- I'm, I'm so brave, but I'm tired of being so brave, but I can't remember the sentence now, because I didn't write it down. And he said, you, you should start an essay remember with it. that. Yes, I and <laughs> and I said, well, I don't I don't have a pen. Do you have a pen? And he goes, I won't forget it. I said, okay, well, I'll try not to forget it. And the next day I called him, and I said, do you, do you remember that sentence? Yes. And he said, no. Of
2: <laughs> course not. Meant. But I, I feel like... The, I'm very proud of this. I feel like this is one more step in my way to being a poetess because I've started to keep a notebook on me at all times. Like, I Wonderful. have it in every single bag. Like, I literally put it from back to back. It, it has wandered so many places, it literally just came back from holiday. And, like, every single time somebody says, I'm like, wait, hold that thought. <laughs> I need to write it down. You literally see yeah. me. Like, I, I literally spent one of the universe meetings. Somebody said something, and it triggered me. And I basically... Detached from the rest of the group and sat in a corner for like 15 minutes straight and wrote like four different poems. I don't know what was going on it. that evening. And people like, what, what, what did you do over there? Like, why? Like, it looks a bit antisocial. Literally, I also had headphones in. I'm like, Don't talk to me right now. I need to write it down. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I can get that feeling of needing to write it down.
0: So, yeah. Because you were a writer. Actually, that poem that you wrote and sent in for the anthology, I think, is perfect for this. Because, which one <laughs> because she wrote a poem where i was like yes absolutely 100 oh okay yes, yes i know, I know well. which one 100 because
2: <laughs> go on um well let we'll see whether it ends in the anthology i wrote a poem that's literally called i wish my brain had a recording system embedded
1: me too yeah
2: right <laughs> <laughs> and like literally that's the entire thought of it Let's just go on like yes there are things that you sometimes are afraid to think or yeah. even ashamed of thoughts like how many times has one of us been like you know, this thought shoots into your head. I'm like, oh my God, this is awful. Like if, if, I, like, if anybody knew I thought that, it would be beyond awful. But on the other hand, there's so many things like phrases and snippets and thoughts that run through my head. We're well, like, this would make a great story or this would make a great poem. So I'm like, sometimes if there were a recording system, I could go back and see all of them. Mm-hmm. So I literally wrote this poem called, I wish my brain had a recording system embedded.
1: That's a brilliant title. I love it. <sighs> Thank you. And I think Google is that, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> but not for poetry. Yeah, but for I poetry. do, I am
0: starting to think, I'm like, hmm, Google's kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish I just, you know, we had a direct access to Google. just all the time. You do? I don't. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean on good days. <laughs> on bad days, I'm a bit afraid of it, yeah. So um, coming back to favorite writers, who would you say, like, is your pantheon of writers?
1: Elizabeth Bishop.
0: Okay. You, it's, it's, a, it's a monotheistic cult for you.
1: Oh, no, I I don't believe in monotheistic anything. Right. (laughs) Um, But my go-tos are, I I guess if I had to pick a Bible, it would be the Library of America works of Elizabeth Bishop. I actually bring that with me when I travel. I didn't bring it this time, but I often bring it with me, and it's a hardcover. And it's like when you bring your notebook around, where even if I don't read it, I feel really good Mm -hmm. having it on me. Um, And I return a lot to Lucille Clifton, um, Gwendolyn Brooks, um. This is always a tough question, but those are the ones that always stay.
0: Mm-hmm. Which would you say was the first one, like in your I, life? Oh, you're asking me to
1: choose a favorite?
0: No, no, no. I mean, like um, <laughs> chronologically. Oh, chronologically. The first one that really, like left a dent.
1: Well, I knew about Elizabeth Bishop first because of my first poetry teacher and now very dear friend Lloyd Schwartz, who I, I always talk about him and he showed me Elizabeth Bishop poems, and I didn't like them at first. The way um, I didn't like Shakespeare sonnets in high school, because I couldn't feel that I could access them. Mm -hmm. And then I I kept trying, because I kept thinking, um, you know, Lloyd thinks these poems are really brilliant. I'm, I'm not getting inside of them yet. And then I realized, you know, someone who takes a long, long time to write poems and is very precise and very patient... You have to be a patient reader. But I also had to experience a little bit more. And, and now I absolutely love her poems. Um, so I guess the moral to that story is sometimes someone you don't expect um, to like or love or a work you don't expect to
0: like or love, you end up loving more than anything. And I think a lot of it mm-hmm. has to do with your approach, right? Because I recently found this beautiful quote by Stephen Fry where he says that poetry is one of the last refuges of slowness in our world, where you cannot just consume it like fast food. You actually have to take your time with it, and you have to keep returning to it over and over. And like a good wine, you always sip it a little bit before bed, and you return to it. And I thought that was just so true, because most people I know either don't read poetry or if they give it a try they read it once and then they're like oh this is not for me unless it's something really impactful like that poem that we just had
1: yeah and the whole it's not for me i mean because i give public talks about poetry uh and about how poems can be accessible and practical and part of our and how they actually are part of our everyday lives you know Mm -hmm. we're watching series on netflix so many times all of a sudden boom there's a poem quote it starts the episode or... And poetry is in everything. It's just, you know, it's like people. You don't want to date every person you walk by. You're not going to like every poem you walk by or, you know. A great <laughs> analogy. I mean, this the whole, on, you know, online dating app was... You know, the whole online dating thing. Swiping, swiping, swiping. To me, it makes me think of walking down the sidewalk. And you every single person you pass in a busy city, you're like, maybe you, maybe you, maybe you, maybe you. And we, we don't do that in real life. And we... When we're... I mean... The online life is our real life as well these days. But with poems, it's not the same. We're not going to um like every single we're not going to want to read every every poem on every page in every book we pass or that is handed to us. So when people tell me they don't like poetry, I think they just haven't found the kind of poems that they connect with. And I think, in my experience, people really relate to conversational poetry. There are some poems that try to sound smarter than you.
0: I'm not drawn to those palms. Some people are. I wonder then if those people feel like that accurately reflects how smart they think they are. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it would be interesting to do like, a study to see.
1: All I know is I find always, always, and I don't say always all the time, but the most profound things, often in the simplest gestures or in an image or in a sentence that someone says or in a glimpse, you know? Um,
0: Just out of curiosity, do you know slash like Mary Oliver? I, uh, you, you can already tell the
1: answer to my question. <laughs> I really appreciate and like some of her poems. I'm not a huge Mary Oliver fan. I understand um, that her, her poetry is very accessible, mm. um, and I love that. I don't feel particularly challenged when I'm reading a lot of her work. I do really like, like I said, some, some of the poems.
0: Yeah, it just brought that to mind because to me that I think she was the first poet where I felt it was just super accessible. Like it was the first time yeah, where I walked in. and that's wonderful. It hit me immediately. Yeah. And I was like, oh wow, that's <laughs> but you know, different. Mm-hmm. Even, um, you know, some poets,
1: there are many poems I love by many different poets, but I might not love an entire book or an entire yeah, collection. Sure. I mean, it's just like with songs
2: You're or with, like with outfits album, yeah. or with shoes or, you know. Um. What I always find so difficult is when you, like, purposefully walk into a bookstore trying to look for poetry, I sometimes pick up books where I'm like, I really like them, but then on the other hand, I don't think, wait, no, I finished a couple. I don't think I've finished many of the poetry books on my shelves because I can't just sit down and read through. I basically... Yeah whenever it hits me, I I pick it up and I open a random page and take a couple of glances, maybe I'll find something that will keep my attention for longer and I'll read a couple of smaller poems or a longer one and Mm -hmm. then I put it away again because I can't just read it in one go so I literally have a shelf full of poetry books and I think I've finished like two or three of them in in their entirety and the others, I just, yeah like you said, I approach them at different times Yeah, and
1: from what you say it sounds to me like maybe um, poetry is also a reset button Right to return mm-hmm. to okay, in between things like what you know, like you have a a record player and the needle mm-hmm. is skipping, and you just want that needle to stop skipping, and maybe a poem can do that for a moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Actually, good question. Like how and when do you read poetry in your life?
1: Well, I read poetry every day. I don't read a whole poetry book every day, but this is one of the amazing things: is you can read a poem. And you, or or another poem, or either, th- sometimes I just wake up and I think, okay, what am I thinking about today? I'm thinking about windows. And sometimes I play this little game where I, I just see what I find, see if I can find new poets and new poems. I'll Google like Poetry Foundation windows.
0: Really? Yeah. Used, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um,
1: or um, you know, like f- February, if I want to see poems about February. Uh, and I try to just find find new poems, and I'm I'm finding new poems on Twitter all the time. Um, I read poetry all the time.
0: What I really appreciate about Poetry Foundation, just for the listeners, is they have a poem of the day, which mm-hmm. I think is just fantastic. If it's your birthday, for example, and you want to check out like what's yeah. my poem, and I, I love that you use Poetry Foundation because it's such mm-hmm. a, it's just such an open tool. Yeah, they also
1: have poets.org has a poem a day. There's uh, Verse Daily, um, also, and I believe it's the Poetry Foundation. They have an app where really? you can spin, it. and it, it, yeah, it's yep poetry foundation and you can hit this button spin and you hit the button and it's like a wheel of fortune of poetry and it gives you a feeling and some other nouns so this landed on boredom and nature (laughs) actually this is this is like pretty much what I do on Google (laughs) (laughs) this is brilliant wow and it's a free app anyway I'm advertising the Poetry Foundation which I will
0: do any day (laughs) yeah they they should sponsor us just and Tara just Mm. come to us that's really that that, wow I didn't expect that I thought maybe you had like I don't know like A huge library of just poetry books, and then you pick one out. But that's probably like this overblown picture that we have. Well, I mean, I would do that
1: more, but most of my books are still in a basement in Boston because I did not Mm. plan to live in Romania for four years. So often, even when I'm teaching, I get up to get a book, and then I realize, oh, the book is in Boston. (laughs) But I'm, I'm building a library in Bucharest.
0: Are you planning on putting your books? I'm in the place. process
1: of figuring that out because I didn't know how long I would be in Bucharest, but it seems like for now, beginning this year, I'm here. Um, so I think I'm going to. I, I, <laughs> I brought one big suitcase of books uh, about a year ago, and I had to divide them up into two different suitcases. They were heavy, mm. uh, ultimately, And they were my first editions and my signed books because I wanted to make sure I had those with me, the very special ones, mostly poetry. But I read a lot of fiction. I'm reading fiction all the time. I always read poetry and fiction. And also essays. I'm really into personal essays.
0: Would you ever be interested in branching out and trying those things as well? I've
1: done that. Yeah, I am. Uh, With fiction... Uh, Let's just say I'm writing fiction the way I write my poetry, so maybe one day I will have a short story, but it's very Mm. strong so far. I think I'm on about, I was on my 11th draft of one page um, that I've been working on for over a year.
0: (laughs) It sounds very distilled. (laughs) And the page, page I think, is
1: good. But um, I'm I'm mapping out a lot of essays um, about just my time and experiences in Romania and... um, The differences in culture and, um, you know, getting married in another place and getting divorced and uh, dealing with the bureaucracy um, and um, people keep telling me you should write about that. You should write about that. And I'm not a big fan of when people tell you, you should write about that. (laughs) But then it got me thinking because then people started saying, I would read the shit out of that. Yeah. Somehow that hit me differently than you should write about that. And I still wasn't ready because timing is important sometimes when mm-hmm. you're experiencing very difficult things you're not ready to write about them sometimes you are but I think I'm going to start working on a series of essays I've, I've got them all mapped out and so this year also what changed is I'm, I'm working on more prose now
0: too mm. well, you never know what's going to happen looking forward to that mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe next year for a reading <laughs> <laughs> I know. Some? <laughs> the to essay collection
1: and I think I have a title. Oh. Um, I, I really do, because every time I leave my apartment in Bucharest, I get asked this usually two to four times a day. Why are you living here? And the emphasis on here, because it confuses a lot of people. But I have all these stories that begin with people asking me that or in the middle of going through something difficult, I get asked that. And so I, I think it would be a perfect title for a collection of essays about this um don't ask me why i'm living here but it's more than about that place it it, it's about um all the things we're going through and
0: Mm -hmm. we'll see brilliant connector for everything it's like a glue i can already Mm -hmm. see how it's gonna spread through the book yeah and and it can add humor too yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, essays i don't think we've ever had an essay at the universe.
1: Maybe you well, will. You have now an anthology title and an essay idea.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And personal essays have the logic of poetry.
1: You, cre-
2: mm-hmm.
1: you create your own logic. You make associations out of seemingly unlike things. You can weave into and out of anything.
0: Yeah, I think that's it. Like, we, in school, we never really wrote essays either. Just no, not, not entirely in that direction. Never? No. The Any kind is, of essay? Not even about books? Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. We, we oh, have goes. very strict rules to follow, yeah. and if you didn't, uh, you got bad marks for it, basically.
1: What were the rules you had to follow?
2: Basically. Because I'm
1: on teaching a lot. What, a part of my teach, a big part of my teaching, because I I do creative writing coaching, and I do coaching for individuals, groups, and I go into corporations and talk about how to communicate better and, and use storytelling and writing and become better at you know, whether you want to write social media posts or better emails or branding. Um, but what I find is I have to do a lot of unteaching. What people think is the only way to write because it's what we've learned, Mm. and it makes us feel less creative. So I'm curious, what do they teach you?
2: I think the issue is basically in where we would do the more creative writing in German is a lot of, okay, these are the kind of text types that we're dealing with, these are the rules how to write it, now do and you basically usually don't get to choose the topic. You were given it. And then you have these strict rules to follow. And it's a lot what about,
1: Rules like what?
2: Well, the argument should be ordered in this certain way. You need to have this in this section there. You're allowed to give your opinion, but not to use the word I sometimes. Um, all kinds of things. I think it limits creativity a lot. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, I think sometimes the English writing parts are sometimes a bit more free in the way they can express opinion. But then again... For many students, it's very intimidating to write in a foreign language. Yeah. Why do
1: you think um, peop- uh, you mentioned about writing in English, how it feels different? Why, what do you think
2: I'm not sure. About I feel it. Like the text types that we get taught in English, there's one that's literally like an opinion essay, mm-hmm. and it's more on give your reasoning, give your voice to it. And German feels, I don't know if that's just me, I feel it always felt a bit drier and a bit more down to earth and i 've seen my classmates who are very talented writers in German, pull it off needlessly and it 's like something that you really want to read, but for most of us, it was just following the strict rules, no mm-hmm. thinking, no anything, just do it and get it done
1: yeah, you and know? rules do help,
2: but yeah. they if
1: you have something uh, uh, you cannot choose any other path, it can be paralyzing sometimes
2: I think the, the issue is that the idea of creative writing is rarely addressed at school. I think at an earlier age, you get to this point where you like, you need to be able to tell a story and you need sometimes mm-hmm. get to write fairy tales. Those are the really pretty ones. But the further along you get the education system, the more it is. Basically, teaching to the test and teaching through the text types you need to be able to produce and the creativity gets lost. I don't remember ever having to write uh, creative writing
0: anything really?
2: in German in my upper secondary like 15 to 18ish yeah, it kind of it kind of shifts when you
0: around the age of 15 it turns from production to just analysis hmm. and it's it's very sad i think and i remember mm-hmm. that my my german teacher and i had um, many a fight because she she always used to say that my german runs away with me and it's just you know because i wanted to write about whatever and i wanted to bring in ideas that weren't strictly related to the text and write about other stuff that i heard and that was not allowed it was always just stay with the text stay with the structure and so just the concept of an essay i think is just foreign to me yeah where you you know you can go wherever and do whatever you want with your ideas which is quite sad.
1: Well, I say trust your instinct. When I even had an experience um, in my education. I don't even remember learning poems except for a Shakespeare sonnet in high school that I didn't um, understand or feel at the time. But I do remember um, when I was pre-med and I was also majoring in English, one of my English professors at the end of the semester wrote me this whole long thing about how my writing was too abstract and it needed to be more like this. And, and actually, later I just realized I was a poet. <laughs> and I was writing my academic papers, not in the traditional academic way. And I don't know if they were good or, or bad ultimately, but I kept writing and I trusted my instinct. and, mm. and
2: But the thing is, I feel like we should go more forward to trying to incorporate more poetry into academic writing i love
1: this yeah i love this
2: um because there i i've met a quite amazing woman and writer and i think she's a psychologist um at a conference in november and there were all people giving speeches and all mm-hmm. of them had the typical powerpoint the topic of the conference itself was shame shaming shamelessness which was amazing by the way um, and everybody gave their speeches, PowerPoints, and they were strong. They had quotes up there. It was really good. And she got up and she just sat down at like a table and was like, I don't have slides. I'm just going to read to you. And she basically wrote her entire argument and whatever she wanted to present in a very creative writing style. And I sat there like, just listening. And it was very intense because you listen so closely to somebody without visual aid. It was really an experience to listen to her and I was like, this feels so much like poetry that I write and I actually approached her afterwards and she's like, yes, that's one thing she's been trying to do to get poetry into academic writing and vice versa Um, and that's something she's working on. Yeah,
1: I mean, I really do think everyone likes poetry. Last night, I gave like a little um, intimate living room-ish reading and uh, a man came up to me afterwards. I think he was probably in his 50s And he wanted one of the last copies of the amoeba game I have. And he told me he had never bought a poetry book in his entire life, and he'd never read one. And he's starting that now. Mm -hmm. It's never too late. Yeah. You can always get hooked. But, I mean, kids... Kids totally get poetry. They're not uh, intimidated Mm -hmm. by poetry. Also, we don't think about how we don't know how to tell stories when we're kids or when we're talking to friends. We tell stories all the time. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I was walking with a friend and her kids, and um, we got a poppy seed uh, pastry, and the little son was telling me all these stories about what goes on at school and it made me think I missed out on everything because I just would sit on the floor reading Anne Frank's diary at recess not talking to anybody and he's telling me about girl that's in love with seven boys and, <laughs> <laughs> and then at a certain point his little sister interrupted because she said well I want to tell a story too anyway Tara in kindergarten this is how it is and we're natural storytellers and mm-hmm. poetry is just storytelling And so I think Mm -hmm. if it were incorporated also contemporary poetry by living poets who write the way we talk, um, I think more people would think or would realize that they can feel
0: poems um, at an earlier age. Mm -hmm. I do think structures have to sort of change and adapt to the times. And some of the structures that we do have just are a bit outdated and are fit for um, other kind of media. And when you think about, you know, writing a poem, for example, on Twitter, mm-hmm. it's completely different than if you wrote it in an old-timey tome in the 13th century. Yeah. And I do love, too, how you sort of changed structures. You you have it on coasters now, right? Like, you do poetry on all oh, kinds yeah. of things.
1: I've um, I'm thinking a lot about how to put poetry in the everyday world so that people stumble across it and it makes them go huh and then it gives them a feeling and it makes them maybe feel more alive or some gives them some joy or makes them think of someone they love because I think poems always um, have love in them and so last year I teamed up with uh, a Romanian craftsman uh, Sorin Donchu And he makes leather things, beautiful leather things. And we made series of limited edition poem coasters with um, some of my very short poems on them.
0: That's such a cool idea.
1: Mm -hmm. And um, now I'm in the process of teaming up with another friend because I also love art collaboration. And my friend Gligor Kuzmanovsky, he's a Macedonian jewelry artist and he makes things out of wood and recently he's been making things out of paper and recycled paper uh, and he makes a spe- special paste and he's doing brooches and we're going to do typewriter poetry lines on them and that sounds amazing i'm really excited about it and i'm realizing that people love little oh well, i uh, people love little verses people love words on things we you know, we th- we think in words, not everyone thinks in words I, I learned that recently on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I'm just always thinking of ways and, and and another thing I do I've been doing this for about 7 years now is I have this game I play wherever I travel and I call it the poetry game and I started off printing postcards I think I printed like 500 of them and they had one poem from the amoeba game Shorichel. and
0: that was the one of the mouse, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a
1: ro- the title is a Romanian word, and it's the diminutive for mouse. Yeah. And I would start leaving them in public places, and I would sign my name on the back. And over time, people would tell me, "Oh, but you should put your social media name so people can find you, um, in case they can't read your signature." Oh, well, maybe like put where you're going. And so, it collaboratively, like with the help of, of friends and and even strangers, I have been evolving this game over. Years And now, everywhere I go, and I love doing this at airports, I handwrite them, I cut them myself, I buy this nice thick paper, and I write short poems on one side, and on the other side I put in parentheses at the very bottom uh, a poetry gift, and then I put at Tara Skirtu, and then I put the month and the year and the city, and I make a little heart. (laughs) And I used to write on the whole back of the postcard, but then I realized that you can't send it if you want to send it. So now I put it at the bottom. And people find them. I leave them in art museums, always in airports, um, pub, uh, maybe park benches. And people contact me and they'll say, Hey, I was taking a walk in Zagreb and I, I found one of your poem postcards on a bench and it made my night, it made me feel so happy. And I started doing this because I love scavenger hunts and I love. <laughs> and I thought one day if I found a a handwritten poem somewhere and it and I liked it I would be so happy so I started Mm -hmm. doing it and now it's become my thing and now people write me and they say hey I want to do this in Canada can you send me some and um it's really great and it's another way to build community and I also Mm -hmm. have started writing other people's poems uh and leaving them places too
0: it's really such a cool you Mm -hmm. just sort of embed poetry in everyday life with all of this like with the coasters with the jewellery with the game it just becomes like it's always been there probably I think everyday life
1: is poetry and I mm -hmm. think poetry is everyday life
0: you just make it more tangible I guess it's a yeah. really really cool idea. Mm-hmm.
1: I try, <laughs> and it's really fun. I used to get very embarrassed when I was hiding them. I'd like look around. Oh God, I have to, I have to hide this thing. I don't want anyone to see me. And now I'm, I'm, I'm still. I try to be smooth, but I know some people see me, and I just one one time someone saw me get off a train, and they 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 chased me, and they said, "Oh ma'am, ma'am, you forgot <laughs> this." Oh, well, that's very nice. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but it's also, I mean. It,
0: you see how did they react when you said no no you can keep it They were a little confused <laughs> Yeah, but they and then they, they have these whole lives.
1: And when I started doing it, I thought, well, I don't know if it maybe it will annoy people. I don't know. I don't want to annoy people. And then um, I gave this talk at a conference, The Power of Storytelling, and someone, all the speakers, they had a little envelope, and the people who attended the conference could write you little notes. And someone wrote a little note and said, I found this poem postcard you left at this cafe in Bucharest years ago. And I thought, Okay, this is when I really started doing this more, mm. and I realized that people really liked it, and, and it also made me happy. So mm-hmm.
0: ah, it's so funny how it kind of comes back all the way later, right? And then yeah. you, mm-hmm. it just all connects. Yeah, to synchronicities. Um, all right. I think we're nearing the end of our runtime. Um, maybe last thing you could mention is your coaching program. How's that going? Is that... Yeah, it's going really well. Um, so I've made this big,
1: brave move <laughs> to be a writing coach full time. So I teach people all over the world. I do Skype sessions, uh, whatever medium works for them. And I'm... Pretty much a writing renaissance woman. I work on editing, revision. I help people when they're stuck. I help curate um, essays. People write in whatever genre they they feel they need. Sometimes they don't know, and um, I help them figure it out. And then I work very intensively, line by line, and on the pieces as a whole. Um, to get their writing to be as strong as possible and to meet their goals. Sometimes people aren't interested in publishing at all or at mm-hmm. the moment. Uh, sometimes they want to publish. And I also help walk them through the submissions process. I get people on social media. I help get them followers. I, so I you know, you know, know give like them the strategies, strategies for... yeah I really am I'm a full package it's like an editor publicist everything Um, and I also do seminars and workshops in corporations and I customize them I did one at ING recently ING Tech in Romania and ING Bank and I taught the communications teams two days uh we broke down an, a tech related article talked about how to build your own logic did some r- fun writing exercises about social media posts and just went over some fun writing tips i got them laughing a lot we played some really interesting games
0: and um, this is what i'm doing for a living kind of changing the world with creative writing and changing the world off creative writing cool not, not not a tall order at all. It's just, you know, as you do. It's really, really I'm trying my best. Yeah. <laughs> for the very end, could you maybe read the one poem that you sent us? Because it's so beautiful. Of course, of course. I'm going to read the one poem you want. You can also read more. I'm going to stop you.
1: So I went to Croatia last year for a poetry festival. It was a traveling poetry festival. And they brought us one day to this little village... Little is a big word for this village. Um, This village is known as the smallest village in the world. I'm not sure if it is. It's called Hum. And this poem is dedicated to my friend Indre. She's a Lithuanian poet, a very brilliant poet. And I had this really amazing moment with her, and I wrote the poem. Hum. Are you aching? The poet held my hand at the edge of the world's smallest village. Think of pain as a plane. She wanted me to forgive what I couldn't forgive. Only the side door to the assumption of Mary was unlocked. She knelt at the virgin's painted feet and prayed, and I took pictures of a crucified Jesus in a fishbowl under the altar table. She wanted me to love the man I couldn't love. It may take a year. Outside, she translated word for word a Lithuanian saying, When you fall down drunk, the ground will catch you. My God is no God, but the God of human will. I needed the poet's prayer. I wanted her to will my forgiveness to bloom. A bruise is a plain i fell the ground caught me i got up
0: thank you <laughs> small applause thank you.
1: it's my you can do it Poem to myself and to other people
0: <laughs> so tara Skirtu, wonderful you can find her mm-hmm. at at tara Skirtu pretty much anywhere um twitter uh, obviously twitter <laughs> um instagram um also on facebook uh where she's very active she is brilliant um she's here again you guys are brilliant (laughs) and um she still has a couple copies left of the amoeba game the first edition uh do order if you want it's fantastic we can recommend it and i think we're going to go into the reading now thank you very much thank you so much for having me again it was so much fun (laughs) all right that's a wrap this was episode 35 of the universe podcast make sure to subscribe to us wherever you're listening If you're listening on iTunes, you can leave us a review and tell everyone how much you liked it. You can also find us on Twitter at Port Universe and on Facebook and Instagram. This podcast was hosted by Marie Sauer and Selina Rebhandel. It was edited by Philip Kreis. Our guest was Tara Skotu. I hope you visit this planet in the universe again. In the meantime, stay safe in space.